Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Moose, are you frozen? No, I'm here. I'm just chilling. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just sorry, son. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Rise House on Ringer FC. I hope you're all safe and well. We are recording this on Tuesday, so the Stadio boys will cover the Champions League on Thursday's episode. Today, we're going to talk about Mo Salah and Viv Miedema joining the 100 Club, plus a little bit about a record of my own. And my guests are Mr. Musa Kwanga and Carl Anker from the Athletic. How are you doing, fellas? What's happening? Very well indeed. I'm good, I'm good. Everybody on good form? Carl, you on good form? Yeah, I'm feeling all right. Champions League is back. Mm-hmm. It's moving into turtleneck weather, so I'm powering mm-hmm. up. <laughs> feeling up. good. Start feeling good. <laughs> What's it called? Manchester. Manchester. Can we just quickly out, out excited and out, out? I was jealous of Manchester. I was jealous, you know, because you know something. It was um, if any, if there's any player that I know is going to score, he was going to score. It's like when Thierry came back when we again, and it was just against Leeds in the FA Cup, and it was like. You know what I mean? He, done, he scored the goal because everybody wanted him to score the goal. How happy the kids were. How happy that makes, the kids you think that were. makes United a contender? You think that makes him a contender now? Yeah, I do. Because Varane as well. Pogba is, is now, you know, like I, I always say about Pogba, Pogba in a, he can have five minutes spell in a game and the game is over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like people, people, people forget that that's what he's capable of doing, Carl. Five minutes... In the game, bam, they could score three goals. It, him in that form, Ronaldo taking chances like that. Um, Fernandez not being like upstaged. You know, Varane, we're now looking at a spine that can, that can match anyone's. It was a good weekend mm. to be a Mancunian, I feel. So even though the Test cricket match got cancelled, you had mm. Park Life, you had Ronaldo's homecoming. There was just a bunch of people, but the town was just really, there was just so much energy and people were buzzing. People were just really, I mean, Manchester's always a friendly city, but the atmosphere around town on the Saturday was something else. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for Paul Pogba. I think seven assists already. And I know this never happens. We talk about this every time a player gets five or six assists really early on where you're going, ooh, is this the time where Thierry Henry's record gets broken? But <laughs> No. We'll see. We'll see. That, I, I want to see him try yeah. and break that record. I don't mm, think it will ever yeah. be broken. Also, I need to look back and see how enough Henri did that because mm. that about, guy was different gravy. Yeah. Mm. Talk about Henri and wingers and, you know, wingers, legendary wingers. Because it, we could put him down as a winger, can't we? Or, or we strike. He turned into an amazing striker, but started as a winger. We mm-hmm. have to now, we have to talk about Mo Salah and yep. 
this extraordinary goal scorer. I remember when Mo Salah, uh, when he went to Chelsea, I remember before he went to Roma, um, remember the time when Arsene Wenger was playing his thousandth game against Chelsea, against yep. Mourinho. And I was there and I was done all my build up talking about, listen, if there's one game, you want the players to turn up and make sure that the manager against his nemesis, against his arch enemy, they turn up Moose. They turn up Carl and put mm. in a performance for the manager. They lost 6 nil. Horror. 6 nil. It was, you know, they had, had Nazard had his way with them. He had his way with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mo Salah, I think he scored the sixth goal. Uh, he came on, I think he ran from the halfway line all the way through there and finished it. When he finished it, I thought, wow, that was pretty cool. I know that you get to, in games, you get to that stage of the game where, you know, when it's just so easy, so mm-hmm. you, you get those got back. But he took it so easy. Thought to myself, wow, that's amazing. Then when he went to Rome, I thought, I'll see how he does in Rome. Bam, done it in Rome. He come to Liverpool that first season, 32 Premier League goals in 36. I'm thinking, my God, this guy's an hybrid of what he's doing. He's just like, he's a winger. He doesn't link play. He doesn't drop back. He doesn't mm. like, he doesn't go back and do that helping defenders and that, guys. He is literally, he's just a, a, he's just a goal scoring machine. He was almost like, you know, like when Johnny Depp first came along, he like wouldn't do huge movies. He would just do little bits here and there and would like mm-hmm. do like 20 minute cameos and be brilliant. And then like he'd disappear again. Yes. And Mo Salah was like that. Mo Salah came, he was at Basel and he'd score these like great late winners in the Champions League. But his strike, it wasn't actually that good. Mm. So he kind of just like pop up doing something amazing, disappear again. And so I got to say the level of consistency he's hit now. Yeah. Of all the strikers who've got this kind of goal scoring consistency, he is the one I least expected to suddenly get, to suddenly explode. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yes, because it does. You don't, like, look at the ones, even like, you know, Bamford. I mean, the only comparison we have is like even a Calvert-Lewin, right? But that's different because the range of goals that Salah is scoring now, Salah mm. has just like, his form has exploded in a way that I can't remember any other forward exploding. No. That makes sense. No, no, no. no. He, no. He, go on, Carl. So, you know, he leaves Chelsea. He goes to Florentina for a bit. He was okay at Florentina. He was at Roma for a bit. He was okay at Roma. And when he turned up at, Liverpool, mm. I mean, the signing was pretty muted. V- very underwhelming. It's like, yeah. oh, they bought Salah. Oh, strange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was, that this was the vibe. This was another sort of Chelsea flop. Uh, <laughs> and people weren't, you know, Chelsea fans weren't kicking themselves at Liverpool bought this guy. Mm-mm. And then that, that 2017-18 season, he just, uh, just ridiculous. And I think one thing that was great in that first season where he's scoring all those goals was Jurgen Klopp made a concerted effort to explain to Salah the hard work teammates were doing to get him to this position. So mm-hmm. Klopp was going out of his way going, look, you are in really good form right now and I just want you to do what you're doing but understand that this is what Saudi Omane is doing to help you. This yes. is what Roberto Firmino is doing to help yeah. you. This is what Jordan Henderson is doing to help yeah. you. And it was that really interesting, you know, the, the concept of how, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. It, took, it took Jurgen Klopp and some very talented individuals to make this phenomenal goal scorer and it's just gone on and on and on I remember the um, if you remember this was at Wembley Stadium Tottenham Hotspur beat Liverpool 4-1 and it was maybe one of the last great performances of Poch's Tottenham Hotspur mm. Salah was the one that got the goal for, for Liverpool was, that, was, was the, that the Lovren game was that, that the Lovren was, yeah that was, that was the Lovren game the Lovren, yeah. Salah scored a goal and it was a really scruffy finish but yeah. it was one of those goals that if he'd struck the ball quite cleanly mm. Lloris probably would have saved it. Right. And this was at the time where everyone's going, who is this Salah guy? He keeps yeah. getting all these scruffy finishes. He's not yeah. hitting the ball cleanly. He's getting into fantastic goal scoring opportunities, but he's not always scoring. Mm-hmm. And it's just got better and better and better. And he's still doing the scruffy finishes. Yeah. He's also got the fantastic clean finishes. He's also got secretly one of the best penalty records I've seen. From It's a, wild. Yeah. His penalty record is so good. Do you know, there's a couple of things about Salah. Um, the penalty thing is, is one thing I want to mention, but there's something about the finishing. He either takes it extremely early or extremely late. Mm-hmm. And that you have to do that. And what I mean is like his tell is very, for someone that scores so many goals that's left, right? So you'd think, okay, well, it's pretty easy to work out what he's doing. But the genius that he has is, is his timing. It's very often he cuts in off the left flank and you're like, there's only one way he's going to go with this, yeah. right? Because there's not mm-hmm. many angles. But the delay, he either hits it really early or he delays there's one he gets against De Gea when he comes in off the inside right position and like he's still on goal. You're like, there's no angle for him and he just goes over De Gea at the very last minute. 
And I'm like, this, this is the thing. He's, he knows that he has one favorite trick, which is the left foot finish, but then mm-hmm. he, he knows that you don't know when he's going to reveal it or release it. That to me is like so fascinating. And the same with his penalties as well. Like his disguise mm. is something that Miedemar's got as well. Miedemar and actually yeah. Ian yourself, like the disguise on his finish is just mm. otherworldly. You know, it's, it's when you look, we, you have to mention, you have to mention Thierry because Thierry, he started as a winger and, you know, and we saw what he turned into. Mm. He could play anywhere in there. He could do Firmino, he could do Salah, he could do Mane, he could do any of those, but he kind of turned into a centre forward where he could link play. He would come from the left mm. and score goals. But Salah doesn't, I, I don't, I don't see him ever down the middle. I don't see him ever that. I don't see him ever do, you know where you say, yeah, but the wings, you have to be able to, if you go in there, you have to be able to do that link plan. I don't see him do any of that stuff. He's, he's playing, he's playing a role in the team. Well, I think to myself, if I was playing in a team now, I'd want that role because there's no other responsibility. It's like with Cristiano Ronaldo in the first time at United with Mm. Tevez and Rooney. It's a similar dynamic. That role, what you get, you, you get that role. Two sacrificial yes. strikers playing for yes. you. That's wild. Mm. Sometimes, you, you, you know, when you watch him miss the chances and mm. he misses some chances where you think, what? It's a surprise because mm-hmm. you think, wow, how's he missed that chance? If Mo Salah gets another season like he did in his first season where he just, everything he touched, he went, went in. I think he's got another, another couple of those seasons in him where he's going to go again, where he just goes on this fucking lava, lava. Yeah, yeah. Like form. Lava form. And if Liverpool, it's again with Liverpool, if Liverpool can stay fit, because people are talking, I saw some people arguing on Twitter, something like Gary Neville said about um, Liverpool, there's something not quite right with them. And then people are talking about their bench and who they've got. And yes, they have got enough cover in that. If Liverpool stay fit, Liverpool, Liverpool are, are, are very much amongst it. They are very much amongst it. If he can hit that form again, even if he doesn't. I don't doesn't. see the missing piece. I'm sorry, I don't see mm-hmm. this whole Liverpool got something missing. I don't see it. The they depth, had Curtis people Jones. People are saying depth. Curtis yeah. Jones. Then Harvey Elliott came out of nowhere and he was incredible. Now BK just started incredible. This, you know, I think this, you know, this, can I be honest with you? Mm. I think it's wishful thinking. Is that it's what wishful, it is? Yeah, it's wishful. <laughs> of course it is. Look, I hate to say it, but like ex-players can't help themselves. I know they're great pundits, but like they can't help themselves. And you want to see there's a gap in the armour, but there's not a gap in the armour. Liverpool are just brilliant and whoever wins will have to be at their best to beat it's them. It's almost it. as if, Musa, they, they are hope. Because what we saw with Liverpool, when, um, when Liverpool got the injuries last, it, and it literally, if you look at the injuries that Liverpool, it was to everybody that they needed. It was, it's uncanny. Because at the start of the season, you say, well, you don't want them to get an injury for Salah or, or Van Dijk or Anderson or Gomez or... Or, or Fabinho, or, and all of them, Matty, everybody, everybody, Trent Alexander, everybody who, who they need got injured. What's the odds on that happening again? Because if it doesn't, I still feel that Liverpool, although I said Chelsea, I still feel that Liverpool are going to be, are going to be one or two. Of course they are. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The good thing about Liverpool, to be a Liverpool fan, I think is, everything that possibly could have gone wrong last season went wrong right. yeah. and they still finished third, right? Wow. So my hesitancy to give them title challenges was the fact that I, just because everything went wrong last season doesn't mean everything's going to go right this season. You know, I still think there are some, you know, it's not all going to click at the same time yet. Um, but that said, they should be a shoe in for third place at the very least. You think third? They're my top two. It's, to me, it's Chelsea and Liverpool. There is something, there's something about City this year. I actually worry they've got incredible strength in some areas and certain weaknesses in others. They made very, very... I know they had that stacked bench against Leicester, but they, had, they made very Where do you think they're weak though, Moose? Where do you think they're weak? Because I'm, I'm, I, I can't see the weakness. I wonder if they have firepower in the very biggest games. Yeah. Yeah. In the very biggest games, I wonder if they have firepower. I'll mm. say that. I'm not sure they do, actually. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah. when I say the very biggest games, I mean like the quarterfinals of the Champions League yeah. onwards or the kind of mm. absolute okay. like top four clashes. I'm talking about those. Yeah. Salah's finish against Leeds. It was beautiful. He loves you the know. close race finish. Like he really yeah. enjoys. Yeah. That's the thing. I think the thing about this, you talk about the scrappy, Carl. He mm-hmm. loves it though. He loves the scrappy. Yes. There's one he scores. My favourite uh, Mo Salah tapping. There's one, I can't remember the team he does it against. The ball is coming towards him and he's like wide of the goal. 
and the, mm. the goal's behind him. And he just like slashes it with the outside of his left foot and like also backspins into the corner. And then when Henri scores that street ball finish in the, um, there's a street ball finish that Henri scores on the Nike adverts where he hits it with a bit of spin and it spins off his foot and like curves back in. Salah mm. loves finishing from like four yards. Yeah. <laughs> like he absolutely, it's like his, and you know, we saw against Leeds, he absolutely doesn't feel diminished or demeaned by that kind of goal. Does that make sense, Carl? And like, yep. He, he very like, much the, is the, they all count. They all count. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you get to a, a, a because like I say, they're wingers, um, like I, with, with Thierry, once Thierry started to really get the, the taste, it's like, he, I remember Arsene Wenger said he's, he's going to, he, he wants to bring him to Arsenal and he wants to turn him into a striker. And Thierry said, I don't score goals. I remember he said that. It was, wow. I, honestly, it's, it's amazing. He said, I don't score goals. Arsene Wenger said, don't worry, you, you, you'll be okay. Once he started scoring goals, then you see the bit where he's scoring the goals where it is tappings. When Thierry in that scores tappings, it's beautiful because that's not how he, he normally scores. So when you see the player of Thierry's caliber just in there, just tapping it in, in there, just, it's, 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 a, it's a thing of beauty. But it means you've mastered the entire craft, doesn't exactly, it? That's exactly. The entire craft. Exactly what it means. And this is what Mo, when, like, even when Mo just opened himself up, bam, just went in. And just, I think Mane was just behind him. I think he's even offside, I think. If, yep. If it were, he, he would have been offside. But it's the way that tra- when he put that ball in, it, just, oh, it was just like, bam, bam. It was just so clean. And just do you remember like, the summer that, do you remember the, the, the summer that Henri and Messi like both learned how to do free kicks? They just came back from the summer and they both, do you remember that? They both, because before Henri's free kicks, the keeper would catch them. Oh, that's lovely. It was like really sweet. It was like when you, the first time you see like a, ty- a lion cub and it's mm. roaring. It's like, rah, rah. And you're like, oh, oh, yep. oh, rah. And like, then three summers later, the lion actually roars. It roars. Like, Problem oh when it roars God. and you go, oh my God, that's the roar. And that's the, the roar. Forest, the whole forest, the, even the grass is scared. Like, you know. You've, yes. But like, like, um, I thought like was the same thing. You know, just quickly, because I have to mention Mane. Mane was having one of those games against Leeds where I was saying, you know what? I pray to God he scores in this game. Mm-hmm. Because if he, if he doesn't score in that game, because he's one of the only players I've, I've seen that was so honest about Remember Kelly Cates was saying it to me. I love Kelly Cates. Big up Kelly Cates. Kelly Cates was saying to me when he came out and said, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm. You, wow. you, you remember? Okay. Because yeah, you just, yeah, the people yeah. don't say those things. I no, don't know no, what's no. wrong with me. Why is, what's, what's going on? I don't know what's wrong with me. He had the kind of game where you have those games as a striker where the goalkeeper saves everything that you do. Yes. Or you miss. He got 10 shots. And that 10 shots. 10 shots against Leeds, which is he... He by himself outshot Leeds. That was a guy trying harder and harder and harder to score and he moved to the middle. And the thing is, his movement from the centre, just trying to bamboozle Leeds' central defence, opened up space for other people. So it was one of those games where even if he hadn't scored, it was a net positive for the team. But I had the same feeling that when he got the goal, that'll do do him really, really good. And and I think he'll probably have a little run now where he just feels a lot Karma. The only reason, I think, the, 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 listen, the one, the one good thing is we can say is that at least he's not Manchester City because we know that he'd be getting lots and lots of praise. <laughs> then there'd be tears <laughs> three months later. If he, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be gone. Pep will move him on. We can't yeah, exactly. replace him. Exactly. <laughs> we exactly. We can't replace What do we do? And yeah, just, on, just, just on Salah. tears. Just, just, very, just very quickly on, on Salah, I just want to say, like, so he's the fifth fastest to reach 100 Premier League goals. What, mm-hmm. 160 games, which is mind-blowingly quick. Um, and just of that, you look at that five, you know, obviously Shearer's in there too and Aguero mm-hmm. too. Like you look at that five. And out and like, out strikers. Yeah, Seth yeah. He's Thierry. the one of Seth them. maybe Thierry. Yeah, exactly. Like I got to say, uh, since, not since Thierry Henry have I seen a player just glow up like that. And I think it's a real, I think it's very inspiring to other strikers, I think. Yeah who maybe think I've got everything else in my game, but not the final piece. Maybe you're just meeting one elite manager away from becoming a world-class finisher. Yes. Well, that's what yeah. we've seen with Mo Salah, but yeah. I still feel that to have, to have the kind of responsibilities, with, in fact, the, no responsibilities for anything other than go and score, that you're going into a game with a totally different mindset. Yeah. Your mindset is totally different because yeah. the chances are just going to continue coming. You haven't got the responsibility of going back. You haven't got the responsibility of linking play. Sometimes if he finds himself in the middle, it's because someone's about to cross it or something. He's not, bam, layoff because he's looking to score. He's got an unbelievable role in that team. And this is why I feel that Mo Salah 
at some stage, whether it's this season, is going to have another one of those can't stop scoring seasons. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From one great goal score, we've got to say from um, Mo Salah, we have to go to the WSL, win this yep. game. And the one and only Dame Vivian Miedemar. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. My God. A hundred, like, she's got 102 goals. Man, 102 goals. Well, this is the thing. And again, I was saying, we were saying before, the legendary disguise on the finishing. Jeez, you cannot, you know, just before, just before Miedemar shoots, you cannot tell. Actually, it's funny because you tweeted this. I was going to point it out in the chat, but you beat me to it on Twitter. You actually were, the other day when Mida went through on goal against Chelsea, mm-hmm. the body swerve that Miedemar puts. Do you remember when Baggio went through in the Czech Republic? You know, in the, in the yes, World Cup? Yes, little Thank body you. swerve. And then he put when it back there that, as well when he fell still, over. That person was still looking for him. That defender <laughs> still, Baggio looks, this Baggio throws a, a, a swerve and the defender looks over the left shoulder than the right and Baggio's gone, right? Mm. And you have to watch it three times to find out what's happened. It was the same with them. I had to rewatch the Miedemar goal against Chelsea three times to fully process mm, what the, the what body movement done. had been. You know, the and thing with that, with yeah, the body yeah. movement moves is that the, the defenders will probably know that they want to go back there. They literally, they, they, they can't do anything about what's about to happen to them. They can't. You, know, you, you can't do anything about it. But the, the problem that, as well, the problem is, the problem is that Miedemar takes the, sorry, Carl, this is really, I've, I've got to get this out. I was watching Miedemar's finish because, you know, the left foot and the right foot, they're roughly equal in terms of the amount of goals she's got. Absolutely absurd. Mm. Right, right, right. But this is the thing, Carl. This is the thing. I was like, okay, well, maybe she just uses the left, the right for power and the left for placement. No, it's not. It's not. She, she scores one goal. She takes a left-footed half volley. The ball comes in from like the left wing from 30 yards out and it's like eight yards out and she takes it perfectly on the half volley just as the ball drops with the left. Mm. Soft touch, mm-hmm. like a paintbrush inside the left corner. Moose, she's got 50 with her. So for somebody who's right-footed, yeah, right, she's got 50 with her right foot, 41 with her left. You know, it's, it's just like, yeah, yeah. you normally, that, that, that would normally be a lot less with the left. It would be mm-hmm. half of that. She must forget what's left, what foot she scored <laughs> with. She must forget if it's that close. 11 with her head. Amazing. A different dimension. Yeah. And her mindset as well, Carl. Her mindset is not the mindset of, you see like how goal scorers are hungry and, oh, she's selfish and, you know what I mean? I have to score. And it, she's, she's not that killer. She actually is genuinely not about, I don't care. I'm going to score at all costs. It's me. It's me. You know, because the, the assist she's got as well. And she genuinely does not care about scoring. Maybe that's something. She scores you know because is? that's what she, I don't know what it is, Moose. It's I don't like know what it is. It's, it's, like, it's like those surgeons that basically do like field theatre, but also in the fancy hospitals. They don't care <laughs> where they're operating. They're just doing surgery. They that's, don't care. They're just going in. Yes. Just give me my scrubs and I'll do it. I'll do it in the, I'll I'll do do it it, yeah. in the countryside. Yep. I'll do it in the fancy place. Yeah. I'll just, I'm just, I'm in clinic and it's very, you could, you know, like, like a lab yeah. coach. She's got like a lab, you saw her energy is like, you know, even, even, even the celebrations. She's even so the celebrations muted. Like, Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a stoppage in play. Okay. That's a stoppage. It's like, everyone's going, oh, celebrate. Okay. That's a stoppage back to the halfway line. It's like, can, no, Viv, can I just say something yeah. as well, Moose? I don't know if it's the Dutch thing because, or, or the great Dutch player I play with Dennis Burkamp, but Dennis has got the same kind of persona in how, how cold and calm he is about scoring and doing amazing things. He's very matter of fact. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. And that's what I work hard to do. Um, and that's what comes out. 
that's what you'll see. There's you know, rigor you know, in the performance of Eve. Yeah. Mm. And she has mastered that. It, mm. it, there is something really interesting when you watch someone who is a master of their craft and they've mastered something that is hard for everyone else. Right. And then they mm. treat it with, I don't want to say disdain, but they treat mm. it with a, with, with a certain, I do this because it is interesting to me personally, not you know necessarily because. Come. You know what she said? She said on, um, think, sorry to interrupt. She said, it's just another record on mm-hmm. Milestone. Milestone's there to be broken. And that's the way I've always been. I've always treated records and landmarks as something to hit, be done with it, then move on. Yep. That, that's See? freezing. That's freezing it, cold. It's, a, it's, a, it's like one of those little tokens you've got on the, on the front of your desk at work. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just a photograph from when I went on holiday. Whereas to someone else, they go, that's, you've got like one of the seven wonders of the world. Ah, well, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I've got another one. It's fine. Because exactly. the, 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 it's the joy, it's what you're saying, Carl. She takes so much joy in the work itself. Like yes. she clearly is just someone who absolutely loves. Was the other day, this, uh, there's a novel. There's a novelist called I think Percival Everett. No social media, mm. nothing. Like, and just writes incredible novels and never does any interviews, nothing. No flash, nothing. And Miedemann's like that. Just does the work, right? And even mm. not getting like awards, nominated for this, this, that. It's like, oh, you're not. On the... And she's kind of almost when she gets interviewed about that stuff, she's almost irritated that people. Uh-huh. see so much validation in those things, right? Mm. Yeah. It's about the work. Like, yeah. And the, was it the 10 nil against, was it Bristol two seasons ago? It was. And, um, mm-hmm. she just, it was just the accumulation, not to humiliate the opposition but because I'm in great form. I'll carry on being great form until the whistle goes. That's it. it yeah. It's the, um, there's I the, love that. Senna had this fantastic quote where he said, um, the problem he always has was what he always wants to achieve his best, but the moment he begins a task and he realizes how far he can go, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Mm. you eventually get to a point where you don't know when you should stop. And you can see that with Viv in that game. It wasn't, Mm. the intensity was not to humiliate the opponent, but the intensity was, well, I'm in a good, I'm in a good run of form. How many can I get in this game? Yes. exactly. How many assists can I get in this game? And it's, again, it's a very intrinsic, case of almost personal discovery and interest it's not yeah, necessarily right, about yeah. outside accolades there's, it's not necessarily about the respect of other people but it's about there's a science I'm interested in how yeah, many goals almost, i can score it's almost like a scientific experiment yeah i watch a lot of um i mean i, I actually don't i watch a lot of football podcasts uh, so basketball podcasts um mm. you know on, on youtube and kevin durant fascinates me in in basketball, I think he's the closest analogy, I would say, in a, in a different sport to someone like Miedema, where you can be, someone said it best, good defense doesn't stop Kevin Durant, right? Yep. You can be playing amazingly against Durant and still Durant will get his, his points. He's, and mm. I think Miedema's like that. Miedema on her game, you, you, can, you can defend really well and you just can't stop certain things. You know what I mean? Like, she'll do a certain thing where you're like, there's one goal she scores, she's so patient. She receives the ball and there's like three defenders scrambling across the line. And she just, it's like watching someone like fillet a fish. Moves left, <laughs> moves right, goalkeeper shifts, moves right again, keepers, uh, you yeah. know, defender on the line, slots it. And it's like, it's just dismantling. And it's almost like you don't have a say in it at that point. Like, yeah, yeah you're the opposition, you're trying, but you don't have a say in the outcome. I saw some very interesting games this weekend, just quickly on the, M- the WSL. With mm. I, I started watching the Man City Tottenham game. Um, think, and when it started, I thought, wow. This is going to be really embarrassing for Spurs. This is going to be embarrassing because Man City was so dominant. They created so many chances. And when they scored, I thought, right, here we go. But then for some reason, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't keep it going. You know, Tottenham, especially when Tottenham makes a couple of changes. And what I, what, what the point I'm making is, is that, Whatever anyone's, you you are never out of a game. I don't care who you're playing <laughs> against, right? No matter how bad it's looking, Tottenham's left back, Ashley Neville, I love the way she played. And she just stepped her game up and up and up, just kept going. And in the end, in the end, Tottenham got themselves back in it. They still missed chances. Right. The goal, to be honest, the goal what they won with, come on, man. You know, <laughs> they've got to sort something out as good as Man City are and they came out and they said listen it's not good enough from us I think it was Laura Hemp came out and said not good enough we've got to finish these teams off we've got to do this but the fact is they're not supposed to have lost that game because that goal should not have been given you know what I mean but at the same time 
I feel that Man City, yes, should have been more ruthless, but that's because they had how many players missing? Kira Walsh, Lucy Bronze. The amount of players that where, they where missing. Where was out as well? They had. I've got to say this as well. I looked at the lineup and thought, you know, they got Lasada in there, but they haven't integrated a new signing that well. It, it takes a while for, to bed in new players. And I just felt even for all the chance creation, the team was very uneven. You know, that's the thing. And an uneven team gives you a chance. And let's not forget, even when Spurs first came up, uh, one the defining characteristic of Spurs actually was their first game against, I think it was Chelsea. Chelsea beat them 1-0, I think, in the first game back. And they were I like, remember it. Yeah, they were so resilient. They were beauty. so hard yeah. to break down. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, if you're off your game against Spurs, they're in with a chance. They were very dogged. The thing, about, the thing about City have to be worried about, they've done this twice now, two seasons running, like slightly iffy starts the season, and then they're playing catch up. Mm-hmm. They did this last time. They got a bad draw early on and it really hurt them because then they were just chasing Chelsea the whole way. And now Chelsea, mm. of course, are chasing two. And I just wonder if they're going to have that anxiety of, because Arsenal have come out aggressively with this. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal, they're going in. So we'll see. Chelsea, we'll see. Chelsea, Chelsea as well. Chelsea are going to be, Chelsea are going to be good. Um, you know, the, the other day you looked at um, that went over Everton, played, yeah. That went over Everton and obviously the, some of the mistakes were rightly punished. But they, you know, I'm looking at Emma Hayes and I was speaking to Emma Hayes the other day. She's, honestly, guys, she is on a mission. Yeah. She's on a mission. She wants to write that that wrong, especially the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And she wants, to, she wants to make sure that everything's right with what she's doing in the WSL. I think Chelsea are going to, I think Chelsea are going to be very hard to stop again. But like, I think that that team, that team for me is, is going back. They're going back there, Chelsea. They look ruthless. I think in the Premier League, I mean, well, you'll say about Everton, if there's any consolation to Everton, it's that people are playing them with like immense respect. I think they caught people a bit cold last year in the first yep. part of the season. But this time everyone's coming out. You have to fly out the traps against them because they're so good. They're so resilient and pressing. They'll wear you down and they'll score late. Yeah, so I think you've got to get out. When they got, don't. It's when we've got to jump don't. out on them early. You've got to jump out on them early. That's what, that's what mm. I think Chelsea have learned. Well, I, I think, think whatever and have to do, Moose, sorry, just quickly, yeah. no, please, go is ahead. that they have to find that consistency because that's their strength. Yeah, yeah. It was too easy. Once they, It's almost like they didn't do their main thing, which is press, put them under pressure and get the goals. Away. And then once that doesn't happen, Moose, bam, yeah. it's just like, Whoa, we're, we're, we're open. And, and if you're going to be like Chelsea and give, especially give away chances like that, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And Brighton surging as well. Yes, I mean, man. That's the, yeah. the thing about the thing about WSL, it's interesting each year is someone emerges from the pack of the kind of like the league sort of middle class and, yeah. and jumps, right? And obviously last year it was United, yes. um, had a great win against Leicester. And this year it could be, could be Brighton. It'll be Brighton. And it was, also, Brighton. It, was also, it was also Everton for the first half as well. So it's funny to see where Brighton are going to end up in terms of in terms of their arc, because they had a great win, I think, 5 against Birmingham yeah. the weekend. Hope's a good, good coach, man. I'm quite pleased that it's happening for Brighton like that, because, you know what I mean, she's... She, I, I thought that the way it's, it's gone for Hope coming from England and everything what she's done, she's kind of had to go into the darkness a little bit to come back again. Mm. And, like, it's great to see her with Brighton. And Brighton got some good players. Everything what they're doing, it looks right. They look very compact, very solid. So it's going to be interesting to see them when they play against the top to see how it's going to go with the way Hope are coaching that because they do look pretty, they look pretty convincing yeah, yeah. in what they're doing. They're, pre- they're very, very well drilled. Can I say, if we're talking about like, a, since we're talking about competition um, at the top level, quick shout to um, the Champions League draw that came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I say, I know it sounds awful to say, but a little bit of sympathy for Arsenal because it's like now that Arsenal mm. are finally like Stepping into their form, you know, they had, they had to mm-hmm. rebuild a bit. They're stepping into form and like, I, I love yeah. the kind of, um, the early, the early games they've played, but they've got Barcelona yeah. in the Champions League. And that, I mean, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's a great test. Maybe that's a great test to have early on. Well, Moose, you know what I think is that obviously Barcelona being the champions, Arsenal starting the way they've started, it should be the perfect game for them to say, right, we've started on fire mm. and now we've got Barcelona. So listen, you know what? It's almost like, can you imagine if they go and they do anything against them, beat them, do well, enforce themselves on them, do that is only going to give them even more energy for the WSL. It's a level. It's a, I think, Carl, it's a perfect, for me, they've got to look at it positively. It's the perfect draw for them, simply to, for them to say, right, if we're fucking serious, then this is who we need to be playing and beating them now 
so that will give us that energy to keep going. It's if you want to perfect... play Barcelona at any point in time in the Champions League, you may as well play them in the group stages. It's benchmarking, isn't it, Carl? They, can, they can work out. I suppose the best thing about this is because they are the best team in the world, you can play them and be like, well, we know what the levels are. Because yep. I think the one, the one problem, I suppose the one problem with the Champions League last year was people didn't fully have, in, English clubs didn't fully have um, a read on just how good this Barcelona were until it was too mm. late. Does that make mm. sense? Yes, they didn't get a taste yeah, of it. And I think that's what really under Chelsea because, you know, you had the best wide forwards in world football yeah. up against yeah. makeshift, Two makeshift, the, yeah, fullbacks. makeshift fullbacks. And that's, mm. you've got to solve that problem. So mm. I think for, for Arsenal, it'll be a real chance to, to really evaluate where they are with that. Mm. It's, a, it's a good draw for them, guys. I go the other way with that. I think that it's one, especially with um, our manager, Jonas, man. Man looks like he's got pure energy for everything. Mm. He's celebrating throw-ins and corners, bro. Good. You want that <laughs> to start the season, you know? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Mark Thompson at Everyday Mark on Twitter. He's just started a brand new newsletter right. on the WSL. And it's right. a really short newsletter. It's like 300 words. Mm-hmm. Just goes around every single result in the WSL. Explains who scores, mm-hmm. who played well. I, it's a really good bite-sized chunk for anyone who, good. you know, when you, I think there's quite a lot of football fans now that, I think want to get involved in WSL, which is amazing, yep. but mm-hmm. you know, very often you can get caught up in the tangle of other leagues and other games. So I recommend his newsletter. It's just started going out every Monday. So shout out to Mark. He's like, you do great work, my friend. Nice one. Obviously we'll talk about the Champions League on um, Stadio and Wright's house. Um, so, you know, we'll, fill, we'll get all your, you'll get all your vitamins. <laughs> Moose, they'll get the vitamins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Let's give some flowers. Who, who are we giving flowers to, Carl? Who are we giving flowers to? <laughs> First of all, I just finished reading Striking Out the other week. So I want to give flowers to you both for this book. It's Honestly. incredible. It got me oh, quite heated in two or three mm. segments. There was moments where yeah. I was texting Musa going, I can't believe what's going on. This is wild. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think you two have made an incredible children's book together. And I really enjoyed the, uh, the article you did in The Observer. So I'm going to give... A bouquet of flowers to you both for that. Um, I also was going on Instagram the other day and I saw a certain record was being celebrated once again. They're talking about Mr. 179. So I want to give, <laughs> give some flowers to Uncle Ian as we commemorate a momentous occasion in Premier League history where you became Arsenal's record top scorer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, because Moyawa, wrote a lovely thing on the post and honestly the love the love came in droves it really does bring you back to a time where especially when it was happening what was it was um hedonistic man (laughs) floating on air stuff you know like you know like it was just everything was floaty and amazing I couldn't believe what was going on because when I went to Arsenal I did not I genuinely didn't think I was going to start those start games they were flying Merce Smith, Campbell, Limpa, they were flying, man. And like I, I mentioned to somebody the other day that it's only once I stopped playing, I heard George Graham mention to me when, when he was buying Ian Wright, I wanted to buy the finished article. I never saw myself as a finished article. So to hear him say it, it was a, a massive shock to me. And it kind of said to me, obviously, once I finished that he had every intention of me playing. Mm-hmm. So to end up breaking the record, you know, you, you, it's only when you, I look back now and you could think, I still can't believe it. I remember you told me that story about when you first found out you'd been signed by Arsenal, your response wasn't, oh, wow. It was, I think you said, but I got to buy my mum a TV. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were so, it just didn't register didn't, what was going on. It didn't register because it was the dream. It was the dream because David was there and everything. But I remember I went into training. I went into training with Crystal Palace like normal. And every day, we, I think we played... It might have been Oldham or Oldham or Aston Villa. It might have been, might have been, I think it was Oldham. You know, I'd have to check. But so on the Monday, we won the game. And on the Monday, um, I went in and, I, and, and the guy, Peter Prentice, just said to me, listen, um, the boss wants to see you. So, you know, because I normally got in there like quarter to nine-ish night because I like to relax and, and do stuff, see Betty, Peter Prentice, have a chat with them. Like. So I had to go in and see him. And when I went in there, Man was vexed, fucking vexed. You know, it's really weird because I saw him the other day in um, in Scotland 
Oh my God, I've got to tell you this quickly because we went to Scotland the other day <laughs> to play golf. And Sir Alex was there. Walter Smith was there. Um, Steve Copper was there. <laughs> and I remember Steve Copper was playing with another group of people. So we was in the lounge and it was me, Alan Shearer, Les Ferdinand, Dean Saunders and Sir Alex Ferdinand sitting there. And then <laughs> Steve Copper came past. And this, honestly, Moose, it made me feel <laughs> like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because I love Steve Copper, but Alex Ferguson said, Fuck, fuck, you didn't play him in the second game. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know wow. what I mean? It wow. was so amazing. He said, fuck <laughs> it. We were... So Alex Ferguson, and honestly, speak to Al. Wow. Alex Ferguson that... was as... This is... Wow. It was honest. We had... We had a two hour... We was with him for about an hour and a half that breakfast. He gave us gold. And he said, we were fucking shatting ourselves that second game. <laughs> Thinking you were going to start. But like, he gave me that... So... So when I went into he, he never, he'd never he'd never told you that before. Never, I've never heard that. He'd That's never so said that before. Funny. It was that amazing because it was it was honestly it made me feel so good inside. But the thing is, is that Steve Koppel, like I say, he was he was he was vexed, and and obviously once it all transpired, I realised is he just he just didn't want me to go. He didn't want mm, to yeah, sell me. He didn't want to sell me. But he actually said to me, "They've accepted." He didn't say we've accepted. He said. They've accepted a two and a half million bid from Arsenal. You've got to go and see them. You've got to go and see. see and that Arsenal. was a hell of, that was a huge amount of money, two and a half million. Yeah, it was record signing yeah. for them at the time, Moose. And, and literally, like you, like you say, Carl, the first thing I said was, oh my God, because I remember I had to buy my mum a new telly and I was getting ready to do it after training that day. And I said, um, and I literally said to him like this, I said, when, when? I've got, I've got, I've got to go and buy my mum a new television. And he kind of like, he just totally ignored what I was saying because I, I think he might have thought I was joking, mm, but right. I think I was in shock. I genuinely was in shock because I never thought, because Palace fans for some reason think that there was some plan going on. This happened literally over a weekend. Mm. They knew about my David Rocas. I used to go and watch Arsenal. David Rocas used to come watch uh, Palace because he was a Palace supporter. They knew that my, my link with them like that, but like I never courted a move. It wasn't like, in the, in, the, in the mix and we were thinking, oh, it's going to happen. It just, bam, it happened. And when you listen to David Dean, David Dean spoke to, to Ron Nodes and he knew Ron Nodes from the meetings and he says, listen, it'd be great. To, what I'll do at some stage, I'll get Mr. Dean. I'll get Mr. Dean to um, you wonder break if it down. Room. Yes. Should I, get, should I see if I could get him? Let me see. <laughs> Let me see if I could get him on the phone because he, honestly, he, he loves it. He loves it. Let me see if Mr. Dean's around quickly. Yeah, try, uh, try, Mr. try, try. Mr. It's a, Mr. Dean, let me see if he's if he answered the phone. Let me see. Will he answer? Mr. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was Mr. Dean. Mr. Dean, listen, I'm on my podcast, right, Mr. Dean? Have, have you got two minutes? Yeah. Go on for you. I've got three minutes. Okay, so listen, Mr. Dean, I was trying to explain to the guys and everybody on the podcast about how you got Ron Nodes to accept the two and a half million pounds for the deal. Could you just, please, just quickly, just explain to them how it went. Right. Are, you, are we live? Yeah, yes, we are. It's recorded, so you're fine. Okay, great. So the situation was this. George said he was interested in, in getting Ian Wright to the club. I had to know Ron Nodes because I sat on the same league management committee. This would be pre the Premier League. So uh, I rang up Ron, and I know exactly, knew exactly what type of guy he, I knew it wasn't going to be easy in the negotiation. So I said, Ron, um, I'm interested in buying a striker, and we're thinking of Mark Bright. I put him in the in the picture first because I wanted to cloud it a little bit. Or Ian Wright. He said, Oh no, no. He said, I need both of them. I need both of them. I said, Well, come on, Ron, uh, give me a figure. So he thought about it for a minute. And he said, oh, he said, I don't want to sell either. He said, but um, wouldn't be less than two and a half million. So there's a pause. And I said, uh, Ron, I know you're a man of your word. I'm offering you two and a half million for Ian Wright. <laughs> and then there's a pause. And, he and he's thinking. And then he says, okay, David, done. And that was it. And that was it. I put him on the spot. Nice one. That's how you do. That's what you do. You put him on the spot. Yeah. But you know what, Mr. Dean? I'll be seeing I'm gonna be seeing you soon because we need to speak. But like, thank you very much for that. You're you know you know how much I love you. You're my father. You're like father to me. You are my father. And I'll speak to you soon. 
and you are my son, Ian. Thank you, Mr. Dean. I love you. I'll speak to you soon. I love you, I love you too. Bye. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't believe that. So, you know what? It's the, that's the best way. So, Ian, um, mm-hmm. in relation to this record, though, it's one thing noticing, uh, I went back and watched your goals and I noticed mm-hmm. that you're, you are very aware of your numbers, right? Like, yes. there's one bit where you score 10 in a row and you're like, you're well aware, you're counting out yeah, to the crowd. Yeah. You're like, you're well yeah. into your scoring streaks. Mm-hmm. In relation to this record, which is something you must have begun to dream of at a certain point. Yeah. When did you begin to dream of it? And when did you think it was on the cards? I think- You could actually break it. Um, I think when Dennis came. When Dennis wow. came, Moose, okay. yeah. all of a sudden it ramped everything up. And you know something, because it's, 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 you start to get a hundred, when I got a hundred for, scored a hundred against Palace, it was the hundred against, Pal- against Palace. Mm-hmm. And Dennis, when Dennis came, I, I don't know, I would have been 60 or 70 away. I think I was hundred and, 20-ish, 108. I don't know what it was, but I know I was in and around that number between 110, 20 off. I don't know. But I, when he came, I knew I was going to get more chances. But then uh, I, I, all I wanted to do, Moose, was make sure that every game I'm going to get half a chance and every game I'm going to make sure that I, I'm not missing targets now. There were a lot of close range finishes towards the end, weren't loads, there? You were really loads. close in, really close yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. But your career almost went in an arc. You went, you yeah. started close range and you ended close range. Like, you I mean, you, you did, you went on this kind of like, like hero's journey, right? Where <laughs> you, you don't get credit actually for the poaching thing. It's funny because like what, you get seen yeah. as a different kind of striker. Yeah. Because of different but, goals. It's, it's all the different yeah. goals. But yeah. the joy, the joy who was it? I think it was Jim Cannon early doors says the good strikers are not looking to score great goals outside of box, stuff like the great strikers are the ones where there's no space, where there is, where defenders are around, strikers are in the space to score that goal where people say things like, oh God, he's got a knack, he's got a nose for it. Mm. This is where they started to say, Ian, just stay in there. Honestly, it was fucking, it was like heaven. It's like what I was talking about with Mo Salah. You have got no responsibility apart from scoring. Right. So then you start to get those goals, Musa, where you're in and around. You're following. When the ball's going in the air, in the corner, you're the one who's moving in and around the goalkeeper. Or the cross is coming in. You're the one who's moving, just going towards the goal so as you can get that tapping. And those are the ones that I knew that I could nick seven yes. or eight of those a season, apart from all the ones that someone sets me through and you get one or you get the headers and stuff. But those are the ones that I enjoyed because you're stealing them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you know the league by then. It's that, exactly. It's that veteran experience. The record goal is the easiest goal I've ever scored. And when you watch it, where, I, where, where it builds up from, I think it's from Patrick and Dennis. I can't remember. But yeah. then I'm just literally running parallel with everything that's happening on my left side. And you're slightly back, about two feet back from it. And you're, yes. You're watching yes. it all unfold. And the, yeah, there's a collision. And you're just, you're just uh, hanging there. But then yeah. what, 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 I'm, what I'm doing and what I learned to do is just continually move towards the goal and the goalkeeper. Because at some stage, they're going to have to be involved, right? Yeah. And so then it goes through. I think Dennis, Dennis has a shot. And then Patrick slides in with somebody and the ball just bounces out and I'm just, just there. Like a mosquito just looking for just flesh. Literally <laughs> <Right>. like a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> I loved those goals because you're sniffing it. You're yes. feeling it. You're, yes. you're, you can, it's in the air. Something's happening here. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, bam, tapping. You know what I mean? And so once I learned those kind of goals and Dennis is giving me more and more chances, you just started to think, bam. And I remember I scored my 150th in a hat trick against um, Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think Den- um, Des Walker got sent off. Merce was on fire that night. And when I got the 150 moose, then I knew I was, I was close. You were I there. knew I was close. Yeah, I was close. Can we give I a thought- shout out? To, can we give a shout out to certain teams that you seem to have particular affection for <laughs> along the way? <laughs> yeah, Southampton, yeah, Everton, man. Oh, man. yeah, man. Certain, certain teams. It's almost like Southampton gave you a first lovely memory, so you kept being nice to them. You, you always gave them a hat trick or two. You always gave yeah. them something. <laughs> what I did notice was the one seven. The, I think got like one eight one eight five was it in total, right? And then so the the one the record was broken almost at the end of your time at Arsenal, right? Mm. And the goals, the rate of the goal scoring, it, you know, it slightly slowed down because you have yeah. less time in the team. Yeah. So what were those last like couple of months like in terms of the, the anxiety? Did you ever feel you weren't quite going to get over the line? No, 
when the season started, I started on fire. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Started, scored a nice goal against Leeds. Um, scored a couple against Coventry. I was scoring goals. It was going, it was going really well. Um, then, then when you, then, then everything happened. Then, then you, you break the record. But then, you know, after that, it's like, when I got the injury, it slowed down, but like it was done. You know, yeah, we were done. I, also, also the, the funny thing with the kind of, and the, the weird thing about football, of course, is you have the passing of the torch, right? So as you're mm. approaching the record, you start seeing obviously Anelka appear in certain yeah, Anelka, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like Anelka makes way and Henri comes in. It's, it's almost yeah. like, it's so weird. It's like watching these, like, um, these Marvel movies where like Captain America's getting old. Yes. But then someone else is getting the yes. shield. Yeah. So, you, you but, know, so you get to see it happen in real time yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, I did, Moose. And you could feel it. But I remember we was in the cup final and I'm thinking, okay, every single goal now, every goal I score is a his, it's, it's, it's history. Yeah. It's, it's, no one's done this before. No one's been in this territory. So, you know what I mean? The 79 and then the 80. Then the, in the end, it was 85. But all right. I was thinking was every single goal I score now is a history-making goal. It's a really strange feeling because normally you score goals and you're just scoring a goal. But now because you're the highest goal scorer in the history of the club, every goal you score is like the golden, it's a golden goal. It's a golden ticket until Thierry comes along and goes past it. Then every goal that Thierry scores, it's it's golden. It's a history-making goal. I really enjoyed the reception you gave to Thierry Henry. Yeah, it was genuine. When he matched it, it was... Mm. I remember watching the YouTube video and that, you know, mm. there's a little moment where you, you talk to each other and mm. there's just this great moment of embrace. And you've got yes. this little, you've got this little smile on your face and it's almost yeah. as if you said, the city's yours now. Well, you know, what I did actually say, Carl, because we've done it. And I said, Thierry, this is, this is amazing. You're amazing. I said, Thierry, one thing you do not want is somebody else doing this to you. <laughs> put it, I said to him, put it out of sight. Wow, that's amazing. That's Put it out of sight. And what was good about, what was good about, because I genuinely believed that 179 goals for a club of Arsenal's stature was not enough. Even mm. when I got there. You know what I mean? What I would have done for another three, four years to try and put it up there. Arsenal's goal scoring record should be where Thierry's put it now. 228 or something. You're looking at Liverpool's, it's 300. Dixie Dean's 300 and odd. Arsenal's of the calibre where it should be up there. 179 was not enough. You understand what I'm saying? I yeah. completely get it. Yeah. It's not, it's not enough. And so I said to him, put it out of sight. You know what I mean? Because this, it's got to be something where somebody comes and they have to be genuinely unbelievable to break this again. Right, right. Thierry was, Thierry, Thierry, with his capabilities, his ability and what he's capable of, he breaks 185 once. And I, and I could feel, and the thing about it, you say, when did I realise it was coming? When Thierry, when Thierry got to his hundreds, 110s and that. The only thing that could have um, stopped that record from being broken was if Arsenal sold him and that wasn't going to happen. Mm. I knew Thierry Henry break, is breaking that record. Yeah. I phoned him after the game, there was a brawl and I called him after um, the game and said, congratulations, Thierry. He said, thank you, legend. He said, thank you. You made me come to this club. You know what that quote, what he said, I fell in love with this club because of Ian Wright. I can't ever forget that. I remember people were going on to me about like Thierry and Thierry's this and that. And I remember early days in Twitter, you know, I used to have to send them that quote was at Arsenal. I joined this, I love this club because of Ian Wright. Bam, Thierry Henry, now our record goal scorer. Well, I want to talk about love actually, um, Mm. because, you know, that's what I, that's my main interest. It's all about love. It is, it is, it is. And I I, I look at this and watching your, watching your goals, it's funny because you have this iconic celebration people talk about, but actually a lot of your celebrations are just pure euphoria connected with the yeah. crowd. And, yeah. you know, you're someone that lived it. And I think it's weird, your relationship with um, your support and the crowd is maybe almost, it's almost like a turning point. You kind mm. of straddled the pre-Premier League era, right? Mm. And, and the Premier League. And yes. you were part of this incredible transition, but not only were you part of it, you were like, you were like a central figure, right? What was it like to be part of the birth of you know, for better or worse, because I know Arsenal have struggled in recent mm. games, but let's mm. talk about the, the fact that like, what was it like to be there at the birth of the Wenger era to know mm. that you had a huge role in the transition towards it? How does that feel looking back in terms of a legacy? Because to me, that goes beyond yeah. the goals or, or a statue mm. or anything else. I'm very proud that I was able to straddle him because you, you know how forward thinking that um, Arsene Wenger was. 
So to have me as a striker, and Arsene Wenger used to say things like he doesn't understand how, with the way I came into the game, that I played a game like I do and the mm. intelligence that I had in the box when I didn't have that schooling or that academy kind of schooling to, to be playing football like that. And the way I played football, he wanted me to continue to play like that. But when you say, how do I feel? I feel very pleased, very pleased. I feel honoured to have been able to, because when I got to Arsenal, I, I, I scored 29 goals in that 92 season, which doesn't count in the Premier League. Right. You know what I mean? Which I'm, I'm still very proud of. That's where my golden boot came from. It was the year the, when, the, when the Premier League came. I think, mm, yeah. te I think Teddy got it in the end. But to be able to go from that era into that one, my first Premier League goal was against Liverpool. I was so pleased about that, away from home. Um, and, you know, just, just kick on. Just kick on scoring, still doing my stuff at... Because people don't realise I got to Arsenal when I was 28. Right. It's wild. I was tw it's 28 when I got to Arsenal, it's my 28th birthday. And so it was, I was always in a, in a rush to try and score. That's why I could not do enough on the training ground to be, to be as good as I was as a goal scorer. I needed to continuously do it because I remember when I, I tell you guys, when I spoke to Chris Waddle at that PFA dinner, was I was a second division player for Palace and he was saying, you've got everything. Apart from upstairs, you need to, you need to focus, you know, with the anger and all the stuff. You need to calm that down and focus on taking half chances mm. in training. Don't take liberties in training just because you're in the second division. Because when you come to the first division and you will, because he said, I, I watch you. I've been to watch you. I've watched you a few times. And he says, don't take liberties. You won't get that time in the first division. And I went back to training, Moose, and I've done exactly that. I remember when I went to England, watching them guys watching the defenders, how good the defenders were in, um, in training at England. All the time I came back from England, always done well on the, um, on the Saturday because your game goes up. And I, re and I stayed at those levels, Moose, Carl. I stayed at those levels because I know this is what it takes and this is where I have to be every week to compete in this league. That's what it came down to. So I had different boosts along the way. And then Shearer came along. Then Owen came along. Ferdinand, Cole, this one. So you're constantly saying, gee, I've got to stay mm. here. And being in England and being amongst them, you can watch them at close quarters, watching them train, watching what they do, watching how they put it in, watching Shearer, watching Sheridan, watching Ferdinand, Cole, um, Fowler, Owen, all of the guys watching how they are in training. I thought, yeah, okay. And remember, I'm older. I'm older than all of them. I want to you say this I mean? actually. One thing I want to say, I want to say this because I haven't thought about it like this way before. Marco van Basten, the swan, oh one of my favorite yeah. strikers of all time. Marco mm. van Basten, and this is, I think, the biggest compliment I can give you. Marco van Basten was done by 27, 28, right? Yeah. He was done. He did everything in football and was done by 27, 28. Wow. And as you were an elite striker before that, but in terms of the visibility, the platform that you had, you didn't get a platform until a year after he retired. Mm. Around the same time that he was retiring, you were kind of just like getting into your own, right? And that's the yeah. wild thing. It's like, you are probably the only elite striker of your generation that ever played under that time pressure. You're the only elite striker who ever played as a race against time. And you still yeah. did it. You, that is absolutely incredible to have done that because you didn't play with 15, 20 years ahead of you. You played as if it was gonna you weren't going to get another start. And you, know you did it. Moves, for, yeah. That to me is yeah. the greatest compliment I think I can give you. You did I, that I, every I, week for I years. I really appreciate that, Moose, because... I, there's, there was times I used to be thinking, I wish I could have had a few more years. Right. I really, really do wish I could have had a, a, a few more years. I always felt like that, especially with missing out on all the tournaments where yeah. I believed that I was good enough to be at those tournaments, missing out on those tournaments and, you know, ending up getting to play against Carnivaros and the best in the world and testing them and doing well, but knowing that I was always running out of time. Yeah. I think what's really beautiful was you didn't know George Graham saw you as the finished article. Mm. You were 28 years of age and you didn't, know, you didn't know George Graham thought you were the finished article. And yet you worked tirelessly for years to match that hidden expectation someone had of you. And it, it, it never phased you. It never got you flustered. Mm -hmm. And once you hit that point, 120, 120 goals, you went, I am, I will be. Let me create a brand new finished article for the next generation. And then when that next generation came, you had, you were magnanimous enough to go, you know what? 
create something even greater. Mm. And there is a beauty in the iterations of Arsenal that you help build. There's beauty, you know, Arsenal isn't Arsenal without the work you did. And I think when you compare the shock, when you found out you had that mm. deal, when you were going to Arsenal, to where you came, to when you broke that record, those are two very different Arsenals. Yeah. Yeah. And you've helped yeah. bridge a really important gap in that football club's lineage. And I think that's why Arsenal fans still hold you so dearly. And I think that's why a lot of football fans hold you dearly, even if you did put several hat tricks past their own. Club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, Pep, you're like Pep. Oh, I love it here. And then I love it here. I'm coming. I'm coming to destroy you. I'm going to clean one thing. I'm going to sign us you. Play it as if you are hungry and yet yes. you put on a banquet for other people. That's all. <laughs> guys, I'm going to see you soon. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. guys. Thank you, man. You made me. You, you made me bask. Good vibes. I I, honestly, guys, I, I can't thank you enough for being on here. Absolutely. Made me feel good. I'll speak to you soon. Absolutely, man. God God bless. God bless. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, thank you very much, Carl. Thank you very much, Musa. Love you guys. We'll do it again next week. Um, until that time. Stay safe. Um, I genuinely mean that. Stay safe. And then we'll do this again because we'll be back. God bless. <laughs>